Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. TCL is a proud sponsor of the Score North Studios. Enjoy more of the things you love with TCL. Get in the know. Non-stop Vikings talk. It's Purple Daily on Score North and scorenorth.com. This is a bad football team. I, I, I picked Minnesota to win the division at the beginning of the year. I thought when they went out and got Jefferson from LSU to replace Diggs that went to Buffalo in a trade that they wouldn't miss a beat. I thought the defense would be solid and sound. They wouldn't trade it for Yannick Ngakwe from it. Jacksonville. So I was like, oh, the defense is going to be good, man. They're going to be solid. The young secondary will get, get plenty of help from the pass rush on the defensive side. Eh, so much for that. <laughs> oh, my God. That's, that was Keyshawn Johnson from Keyshawn, J. Will, and Zubin, which you can find on Score North Radio, AM 1500 from 5 to 9 a.m. every single day. And we're going to dive into a lot of different nuggets as part of our nerd football segment of the week on Purple Daily. But Declan, you got... There we go. There it is. You got some Corona Hard Seltzer to talk about here. I do. And he, I'm very nerdy about my Corona Hard Seltzer. You know, I, I get into nerdy about the mango sometimes or the or the cherry. Maybe the blackberry lime or lime. I love that there's two different flavors of lime. I'll just say that right now. I love that there's two different brands of lime. Blackberry See, I feel like lime regular. is kind of a controversial flavor it's in the seltzer world. You're either in on lime or you're not. Describe them to me. Blackberry lime has more of a, a, a of that, that grape flavoring in it, which I like. I love mm. grape-flavored things. Grape is probably like my yeah. number one flavor. You know what it is? It's lime flavor with training wheels. Yes. Like if you're not fully in on the lime and you Correct. just need, you need like a little bit of a supporting flavor. It's lime flavor with training wheels. But you're right. Traditional lime in a seltzer is very controversial, but not with Corona Hard Seltzer because it's the only hard seltzer made with Pure Beach vibes with a refreshing splash of fruit flavors such as tropical lime, mango, cherry, and blackberry lime. Corona Hard Seltzer is a tasty spike sparkling water with a splash of natural fruit flavor that allows you to enjoy the moment in each can. Corona Hard Seltzer has zero carbs. Zero sugar, 90 calories, and is gluten-free. Relax responsibly. Corona Hard Seltzer Spike Sparkling Water with natural flavors. Imported by Crown Imports, Chicago, Illinois. Football. But they're going to the air. Off the play, fake, and it's intercepted right off the bat by Deion Jones. Empty set on third and nine. And that ball is intercepted at the 40-yard line. Going down to cradle it, A.J. Terrell. Just trying to, to get the whole team our energy back. Uh, just trying to trying to keep that, that energy high. Just not trying to, you know, hang the heads low and just trying to be positive. Um, you know, of course, the, the season is not going as we want it to go and planned it to go. But, you know, it's just it's just what it is now. And uh, we just need to find a way to bounce back and, 
and get our energy going. I love the bright-eyed optimism of Justin Jefferson, <laughs> okay. who, who you just heard from there. Uh, energy is not the only thing missing from this football team right now, but I love that he's in here. He's, he's, he's the silver lining of this team right now. What's he really thinking? I think that's what he's thinking, and I, and I, I applaud him for that. I hope it's, God, am I good. Well, he thinks that too. My quarterback stinks, but I'm really good. Here's another, by the way, I'm Phil Mackey, Judd Zolgad, Declan Goff here. This is Purple Daily. We'll get to our nerd football segment of the week. This is more Justin Jefferson. Just going out there trying to perform and trying to make those big plays for the team. You know, I, I, I don't do this uh, personally. I don't do this just for me. I, I want to go out there winning games. Um, you know, I, I don't like coming home. With a loss, uh, you know, I've never been on a, a losing team. So uh, I'm just, I just want our swagger back. You know, this team is known for having that swagger and to, to win games. And I just want, want that old team back. I think what he'll find is that the starting quarterback of this team is like the anti-swag. <laughs> is there a less swaggy player in the NFL than Kirk Cousins? Is there a guy that exudes try- less swag I'm than trying Kirk to think. Cousins? Boy. That's a tough one. Quarterback-wise, that's a really tough one. Like, I'm trying to think of a quarterback that, that might exude less swag. Maybe Trubisky. I don't I don't see a lot of swagger in Trubisky. Yeah, that's a pretty good one. Andy Dalton. There's not a lot of swag in there. <laughs> oh, you know who else? That's a good one, too. Andy Dalton. Sam Darnold. He's got bedhead swag. There might have been yeah. swag there, but it's gone by He's now. Got, I just it's woke been up, sucked from him. I just woke up and poured myself two bowls of Cocoa Puffs swag. That's <laughs> yeah. what he has. But... It, it's a small list yep. that Cousins is on. So we're gonna we're gonna dive into some interesting nuggets as it pertains to the team. Uh, there is one that you found yesterday perusing through TV shows in the afternoon <laughs> about watching. Justin Jefferson. <laughs> Judge screenshotted one on the ESPN bottom line like this is for nerd football segment. <laughs> this is great. I was doing a hard research on my couch. And I'm like, I'm gonna stop that and send this to Phil. <laughs> But first, I think I think we should check in with our Tank for Trevor friends out there, Vikings fans who are actually now to the point where you're rooting for short-term loss for long-term gain. Let's fire it up here, Declan. I want to mock! I'm on tankathon.com, which has an updated 2021 NFL mock draft off of the latest performances last night. All right, I don't think anything that happened last night affects the Vikings draft position, but here we go. All right. Number one overall to the New York Jets, Trevor Lawrence. So, okay. I don't know. That's going to be an interesting one. If they still believe in Sam Darnold, then they might trade out of there. We'll see what happens. Who's going to be the coach, too? That's it, my it question. It ain't going to be Adam Gaze, No, right? no way. But, I mean, is, is it going to be a different, younger offensive coach who's like, Darnold's a lost cause? And the Jets are yeah. so just damn dysfunctional. I'm not sure what they're going to do. So Trevor Lawrence would be the obvious pick there in my mind to find the Jets, but uh, you need the infrastructure in place. Number two to Washington, Justin Fields, quarterback, Ohio State. I'm going to skip down here. Uh, Jamar Chase, as we see it up on the screen. Thank you, Dex. Yep. Jamar Chase from LSU, number five. And then the Vikings at number six, according to tankathon.com, are selecting North Dakota State quarterback. We haven't really seen much of this year, Trey Lance. I want to mock! Mock! Who can the Vikings jump here just from being bad? Like, who's going to, who who on this list is going to inevitably probably get more wins than is good for them? And so, if the Vikings just continue Falcons. to stink it out, I Falcons. think you're right. I think yeah. you're right on the Falcons. Like, I mean, look at the Falcons have two ridiculous receivers. They have Todd Gurley, they have Matt Ryan. I mean, the Falcons are going to win like four games, five games. Will the Giants or, or Washington fall because their division is so bad that they're going to accidentally start to beat teams in their division? Yes. 
So while either Washington or New York is going to have to win four games right. or something, um, I think I think Jacksonville fights a little bit. Like Gardner Minshew, oh, they're like, not a great team. I like where this is going right now. But I now, can see boys. Jacksonville fighting. And Jacksonville probably beats the Vikings at this point in that game if the Vikings are <laughs> if you're smart playing the way they and, are. And do, is there a scenario where if Gardner Minshew starts to play better that the Jags could get a could get like a couple first round picks or more talent around him to help him? Like are, I I don't think Gardner Minshew's like the sole answer in, in Jacksonville, but if he starts to play good, well, if or the, play well, like you could get him a couple wide receivers. Yeah, I think I think the question is how many of these teams are looking to draft a quarterback? Which teams do you have to fend off? It wouldn't shock me, honestly, if the Falcons drafted a quarterback. Right. If they looked at this as being like, all right, Matt Ryan's like 34, 35 years old. So, um, All right, so of these teams, the Jets, I don't know. Washington, I think the answer is yes, they draft a quarterback. The Giants, I'm not positive it's yes. So to Declan's point, the Giants could trade if the Giants stay above the Vikings. Jacksonville, my question is this, who's the coach again? So, like, because Doug Marone, I don't know about that one. By the way, Miami, which uh, Miami's picking seventh because they have Houston's pick. They're three and three right now. They just named Tua the starting quarterback for next week. That just came across. Okay. Well, so that's, that's I'm, stick, I'm sticking by my contention of a week ago, which is if I'm the Vikings and you're five or six, I'm getting up in the draft to get one of those top two, Lawrence yeah. or Fields. Listen, if you're, if you're drafting fifth or sixth, you are like if, if you're drafting like twentieth or something or eighteenth, you yeah. go on a run and you finish nine and seven or whatever, which they aren't going to do now. But it's almost impossible to trade up into the top two. Like mm-hmm. you just there's too many teams to leap. Yeah, if you get to five or six, ideally you're sitting at like three or something, and then it's really easy to trade up. But it's at least feasible to give up the draft capital needed to to go up into the one or the two spot to get one of those two quarterbacks. So all right, I want a mock mock. So there it is. We're gonna we'll keep tabs on that for those of you who are actively rooting for fail for Fields or tank for Trevor, which is yeah, right here. Super Bowl. Super Bowls are made in years like this. Super Bowl champions. But gentlemen, this is this is Mike Zimmer. Just a couple couple clips from him. This is Mike Zimmer just sort of dissecting a loss to the Falcons. If we turn the ball over the three times in the first half, you know we don't ever allow the offense to keep the ball, whether it's because of us or. Uh, offensively or it's because of us defensively and so the time of position get possession gets out of control and then you get to a point where the running game is is uh diminished i think we had 10 runs in the first half but we had 24 plays you know they end up with 80 plays for the game so i you know there's a lot of things like that that uh you know, it really didn't give us an opportunity to win the and game and this is mike zimmer on ezra cleveland making his nfl debut I think he had some good moments and some uh, moments he liked to have back. You know, there he did some impressive things, and then he he had some poor moments. But for first time out, it wasn't too bad. Get those nerds, nerds, nerds! And so, with those two sound bites, would you like to start with the? I've got four or five nuggets for you guys here in our football nerd segment of the week. Would you like to start with more of the Mike Zimmer big picture nugget, mm-hmm. or the? How did Ezra Cleveland and company do nuggets? Oh, let's go big picture first. Okay. And then narrow it down. Whittle it down. All right. Here's your first nugget. This is from our friend, Minnesota Researcher on Twitter. And I have double-checked that this is not not that it needs it. This Minnesota guy's going to be drawing a paycheck from us. Yeah, we can't afford it right now. But, you know, if he wants to keep we'll interning gladly, for free. We'll gladly pay you on Tuesday, <laughs> Tuesday. for a hamburger today and a bit of research. Today. <laughs> so in the Mike Zimmer, Kirk Cousins era, which started... 
2018. The Vikings against winning teams. So these are teams, and we brought this up yesterday, but this is worth going deeper on. Teams that wound up finishing the season 500 or better. The Vikings are 3-16 and against those teams. Against teams that wound up making the playoffs eventually? Yeah. The Vikings are 2-14 and against those playoff teams since Mike Zimmer and Kirk Cousins joined at the hip in 2018. How do you and for people asking? Well, yeah, but like, don't all teams lose to good teams? So, a Minnesota researcher dug on that as well. The answer is no. I was going to say <laughs> not to that the, level. That's the point of being a good team. Like the like, I think the Bears win like forty percent of their games against uh, winning teams. Uh, the actual good teams, like the Saints, over that stretch, and uh, a couple other teams are like winning seventy seventy five percent of their games against good teams because that's what good teams do. They beat everybody, right? And they don't they don't lose yeah. to Atlanta at home too. And Atlanta's not even going to finish above five hundred. You just lost to a bad team. So when you see those numbers, like we've sort of heard the anecdotes that boy Kirk Cousins can't win in this situation and can't beat good teams, and boy Mike Zimmer seems to. The defense seems to go out the window sometimes in these big games. And now that you see it on paper in front of you, mm-hmm. that they are three and sixteen since Kirk Cousins came on board, and Mike Zimmer owns some of this too because some of this is defense. And two and fourteen against playoff teams. What do you think? At first, I'm shocked because it's awful, like it's embarrassingly bad. And so my initial inclination is to say, "Oh my God, that's awful," which it is. Okay, but if you think about it. And you sort of think about what direction this team has gone since Kirk joined in 2018, and you think about how things have been run. I'm not as surprised as I should be because, you know, Kirk and this team, but start with Kirk, he's really good at beating up on bad teams. He's really good at falling behind against good teams. And then, oh, my God, it's hopeless. Now I can scurry back and what? Put up a really good box score. So it sort of fit it sort of fits the narrative to which I've become used to describing cousins by. And here's the other so here's the most interesting thing to me about that stat, because it gets me to thinking about it. If you were gonna go down the path that Spielman and the Vikings did to sign Kirk Cousins and to give this team a quarterback that they deemed to be a really good I mean, yes, they were wrong, but they deemed this to be their big significant bang signing of a quarterback, okay? Did they couple him, and I think the answer is becoming clear here now, did they couple him with the best coach for that situation? Because Mike Mike's a guy who wins with defense and investments being made in a lot of different places, but a lot of a lot of investment, a lot of your cap in Mike's perfect world goes to defense. So the scary thing at the end is after being surprised by that stat, and then saying, ah, it, it makes some sense, I'm actually not nearly as shocked because in some ways the Cousins-Zimmer puzzle probably doesn't work. I would agree that it's it's oil and water compared to some of the other relationships you see with you know offensive-minded. When you, like, I mean, Arizona was on last night, just smoking Dallas, and you've got just a perfect combination of Great, young, talented, toolsy quarterback, a mobile quarterback, and a guy that comes from maybe the most like lopsided, offensive-minded program in college football. I mean, Texas Tech is like, 
Is it fair to say Texas Tech is like one of the five most offense only and the rest is irrelevant? Yeah, they don't worry about the rest of it. So you've got an offense only coach. Not that he doesn't think about defense with the Cardinals, but offense only coach with a quarterback. And that's a better marriage. But Mm -hmm. I don't know that you can say, well, listen, if if Kirk Cousins was just with Kyle Shanahan, then all of a sudden that that two and 14 record against playoff teams or that three and 16 record against winning teams would be like 500. I think there's just an inherent mental kryptonite with Kirk against some of these teams and Mike Zimmer also, you know, shares some of the blame. So it's it isn't it is an oil and water partnership, but I don't think it's as easy as saying like, boy, if you just put Case Keenum in there, all of a sudden, you know, that three year stretch is a lot different. So my answer to that question is sort of uh mixed. Think about this too. If the if the goal is to go on a playoff run, right? You're gonna if you know to win a Super Bowl, you're going to have to win like three or four playoff games yep. in the month of January. Yep. Think about how daunting that sounds when you look at these numbers. The fact that they are 2-14, and 3-16, and 16, in, in order to win a Super Bowl, you have to roll off more wins in a month than you have against good teams yeah. than you have in three seasons. It sounds impossible now. It's unbelievable. And then the grand question is, what leads you to believe that with this partnership, Mike Zimmer and Kirk Cousins, and you can carve up your own pie chart of blame however you want here. We're just presenting the data. Mm -hmm. What makes you believe that both of these guys tied together are going to change the trend that's sitting in front of you these last three years? Like how make me believe that these two guys are going to put their heads together and figure out a way to turn that three and 16 record against something closer to 500. Cause I don't think it's possible. You can do it now. No, I don't see it. Like, what's the, if you, but you couldn't, you, you've got to, Kirk can't, for Mike to win ultimately and, and have all of the defensive chess pieces that Mike wants, Kirk can't be here. So I can't do it. I can't, I can't get you past right now with the Zim Cousins marriage. I can't get you past what they did last year because that victory against the Saints, to me, personally, was pretty shocking. Like, I, they won that, that game. I'm like, they won that yeah. game. And that and that game is part of this, I believe. I, unless I'd have to go check with Minnesota Research. I believe uh, it includes playoffs. And if it doesn't, then tack another one on, because they did beat the Saints last year. But they also lost to the Niners, so tack a, tack a loss on. Sure. And that game is great. But, I mean, do you have, like, look at some of these other teams around the NFL. I mean, do the... Do the uh, Green Bay Packers sit there and talk about, man, that one time we won that one game a few years ago, right? At some point, you can't just be like, well, but, but that, that Saints game right. No, wi- you're right. w- wipes out everything negative you're saying right. about Cousins. It's like, no. like The Patriots don't, don't say, do you remember that wild card game? That we one won? time? That wild card game which launched us to all those championships? Right. No, you're exactly right. I can't get you to a plausible, I can't give you a plausible explanation to get you to a point where I can say, if they do this, it turns the corner with these two in charge. Yep. Uh, Alright, let's Get keep... those nerds! 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 Before we give you a really positive nugget about Justin Jefferson and tell you how Ezra Cleveland did, according to Pro Football Focus, in his debut as a Viking, a quick shout out to our friends at Federated Mutual Insurance Company. Federated has been helping business owners in the state of Minnesota for over 100 years. And you can follow them on Twitter now, too, at Federated INS for fresh, relevant risk management content on a variety of topics. So if you're a business owner, and especially during this pandemic year, and you just want more peace of mind and frontline protection, that's what Federated provides. 
federatedinsurance.com for you to find out more information about the resources they provide. And remember, at Federated, it's our business to protect yours. Let's go um, Let's go, Justin Jefferson here. Okay. You found this when you were watching ESPN's afternoon <laughs> slate of shows, and you screenshotted this and texted it to us. Literally right laying on the couch, me and Stella, okay? Yep. I stopped the TV. Stella's Judd's mistress, by the way. I stopped the TV. I took a, sh- a screenshot. Oh, and she is demanding. I took a screenshot, and I'm like, that's a good stat. That is my research. Justin Jefferson against press coverage on Sunday, according to ESPN. Took a lot of work for me, by the way. Press coverage. Yeah. Five catches for 90 yards. The second most receptions against press coverage this season in the NFL by a wide receiver. So uh, if you're if you're wondering like oh, let's get let's get in this rookie's face and jam him yep. and and fluster him, that ain't gonna work. At least it didn't on Sunday. So um, he just keeps raising the bar, man. He you know six games into his NFL career, and I think the eye test and even some of the numbers would tell you that he is legitimately becoming one of the top ten wide receivers in the NFL. So in in July, if I had told if I had pulled you guys aside and told you flat out from day one. Justin Jefferson's going to be basically Pro Bowl player. He he's, he's going to be basically he, be Stefan Diggs. Yeah, yeah. So Stefan Diggs not only will not be missed, but you take away his his uh, potential petulance, right? And you put in Jefferson, who's a kid and appears to be eager, and I don't think talks back at all. He's three years away from being petulant. Okay, exactly right. <laughs> Maybe. But if I was to have told you guys this on July fifteenth, hey, this rookie is going to be phenomenal. How are the Vikings going to be doing six? games in what's your response i would be shocked that they're one in five i would be too i would have told you yeah they, they definitely still have some flaws and, and let me know how the offensive line is playing and how kirk cousins is playing and the secondary the corners for sure yeah but one in five never i know and and he is right now just for another nugget for you guys so there are only five wide receivers with more yards right now through the first six games than justin jefferson and those five guys are deandre hopkins so jefferson has 537 DeAndre Hopkins has 601. Robbie Anderson in Carolina. Teddy Bridgewater and Robbie Anderson, the magic connection. He escaped the Jets. Has 566. Stefan Diggs has 555. And then Calvin Ridley with Atlanta has 546. Now, Julio Jones is probably going to be on this list if he wasn't banged up. But you've got the fifth leading receiving yards guy. He's averaging almost 20 yards per catch. And, and in fairness... The offense was garbage this last weekend. I mean, they had great garbage time offense in the second half, but they they couldn't score in the first half. Mm-hmm. Uh, but the offense was looking really good for like three weeks, and so you can I think overall pie chart of blame for the one and five start defense shoulders more than the offense so far this year. Uh, but I would be I would be shocked at the one and five start if you would have if you would have showed me how great Justin Jefferson was going to start. So six games in his yards per game, okay, twenty six forty four. This is yards. 26, 44, 175, 103, 23, 166. Yeah. Like, think about the, if you had involved him in, let's say, week two. And maybe they would say, you know, I mean, we're kind of, I get that this is sort of an autopsy. And they might not have won that game. I'm just saying his his yards per game is just a complete roller coaster. I can't really rip them for not using him in the first two games because they didn't have preseason. They didn't know. Like they were they threw him out. They said, "Let's put you out there a little bit rookie and see what happens." And then they saw him flash a couple times. I'm going to tell you right now, a veteran quarterback who worked with that kid for whatever training camp practices and they did have them would have gone to the coordinator and said, "We have to involve him immediately." 
That's a fair point. I'm going to dump more of this on Kirk. That's a fair point. You would have gone to Kubiak. It, Phil, you would have gone to Gary and said, Adam's a really nice player, Gary, but this kid's a star. Yeah, I mean, I I would like to think so. Uh, maybe Kirk did. Maybe they still said, I don't know, BC Johnson's going to get some snaps. Oh, geez, coach. <laughs> get those nerds! 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 All right, how'd the offensive lineman do? How did Ezra Cleveland do in Oof. his NFL debut here? Pro Football Focus keeps a very close eye on offensive linemen. They grade on a 1 to 100 scale for different uh, parts of your game. Okay. Well, Ezra Cleveland was really bad, and so was Garrett Bradbury, and so was Dakota Dozier. So all three of your interior <laughs> offensive linemen rated below... I'm glad I didn't ask for this first. Yeah. They rated <laughs> below 30. All of them individually rated below 30 on a 1 to 100 PFF scale for pass blocking okay. on Sunday. But I don't want to hear it. I don't want to hear, well, see, they were bad at pass blocking, and so Kirk Cousins. Those first two interceptions had nothing to do with bad offensive line play. All right, so let's set that expectation first. But uh, Ezra Cleveland allowed five pressures. And Jarrett's really good, too. The, the guy. Oh, yeah. Yeah, he's very, very good. So Yes, um, and I would say uh, Dakota Dozier, that experiment can probably end at some point here, too, but they don't. they just don't have anyone they can plug in. They don't have any established players that are like, uh, notable above average offensive linemen that are waiting to just come in and save the day. So you got to play these young guys. I still don't get why, if this is going to be the case, why you didn't take Dakota Dozier and shift him to right guard and, and leave Cleveland on his natural side. That doesn't make sense. Uh, yeah. what, what, was this Bradbury's worst game of the season? Um, I'd have, have to go that? look that up, but it's one of them. It was one of them. And there's that picture of him. Yeah. Kirk Cousins is like getting his arm hit, and Bradbury's like sitting on the ground. Oh, <laughs> it's bad. Poetic. Uh, but how do you how do you feel about what you mentioned about Ezra Cleveland? So he was drafted presumably to be your left tackle long term, yeah. right? And now he's playing right guard. Yeah, I don't like that. I don't either. Have him play left I'm not guard. an offensive line on expert, side. but have him play on the left side. Don't you think at some point, and we'll do an episode on like trade candidates, but doesn't it just make sense mid-season to trade Riley Reef and just put Ezra Cleveland at left tackle and see what happens? Is, yeah. that, is that super far-fetched? No, no, no. I don't no. think so. And I hate to, th- this is going to sound crazy because he's not good, but if Elfline's coming back and he, he can just go back to right guard, and now I've got Do- Dozier who's not, he's not a disaster constantly, he's not very good, but I've got him at left guard and Cleveland at l- Left tackle. I'd, par- I'd far prefer that Ezra Cleveland, if possible, gets his lessons at left tackle in 2020 than 21. Like, if there's things to be learned, and I'm sure that there are, yeah. I don't want him opening day of 21 being like, hey, hey, man, that guy's good. <laughs> you know? So if you can get Elfline back and just plug him back in at right guard, leave Dozier alone at left guard. Um, but I don't understand why you flopped Cleveland to the right side when he long-term is a left-side guy. That that has not been sufficiently explained, and I don't think it will be. And until it is, it doesn't click in my brain why you would do that. It's just him. like, to me, it's like the, well, center, I guess, would be the furthest thing away from playing left tackle because you're like worried about snapping the ball and those things. But like, sure. it's probably the furthest away from his position long-term right now. You're asking a lot of a rookie to go to the other side of the offensive line, play interior Against really good interior defensive linemen. I don't know. I don't I don't love it. Here's one more for you. All okay. right. So watching that Kyler Murray performance just lighting up Dallas last night. He's a fun player. He's a really fun player. So Kyler Murray has picked up twenty three rushing first downs so far this year. 
with his legs. He's got 23 first downs with his legs and six rushing touchdowns, including the one he had to pretty much put that game out of reach last night. Kirk Cousins has two rushing touchdowns in his Vikings career and six rushing first downs this season so far. So I am not bringing this up to advocate for Kirk Cousins using his legs more. I'm merely pointing out how much easier it is for teams to get things done offensively when you have a mobile quarterback like Kyler Murray, and there's a bunch of other ones that can just like, all right, things aren't going great here, and we just need five yards and a first down. You can get it. Need the defense to be to to maybe even devote a player to just like watching me. And uh, the Cardinals have that when things are not. Like, the Cardinals looked clunky sometimes offensively last night, and Kyler Murray was just able to run for first downs. I wish the Vikings had that. That'd be nice. <laughs> Your quarterback only throws nine. <laughs> I just love. It. I mean, yeah, it would be good. Um, look, I would take, if I could get it, I would take awareness from Kirk. Like, I know he's not going to be fast, and I know that, that you know, it, it would be great to scramble and get first downs. I completely agree. I'd love to see it. But, like, if I could wave a realistic magic wand above Kirk's head and sprinkle uh, football dust on Kirk... I just want awareness. Okay, but here's the thing. All right, like I mean, this, I'd start with that. Your keyword was realistic because oh, we can I know. we can all agree that Kirk Cousins has he has a great arm. Yes, he's he has an accurate arm when conditions are pristine. Right. So yes, you said you're looking to wave the magic wand and you'd like some more awareness, right? Right, pocket and, awareness. And yeah. I would like awareness and leadership. Leadership is something I think sure. he lacks too. So if you were to take the magic football quarterback wand and you were to sprinkle some uh, football uh, dust on Kirk Cousins and you were to you were to do that for awareness and leadership, mm-hmm. combining it with accuracy and downfield arm, that's Tom Brady. <laughs> like, so I get a pocket passer <laughs> yeah. who's accurate and throws the ball down the field. Yes, and he's missing awareness and leadership. Like that's how Tom Brady goes to become Kirk Cousins. But for what I'm paying Kirk, I I need at least a semblance of that. Well, like, like he might not go. It might not be the entire thing. Oh no, I, I know that. But he uses up so much of my cap room that I need something like that. Like for all of the pe- people that defend him and say he's no, I need, I need a guy who at least can be mentioned in the sentence with Brady. Like for Kirk's skill set, just meant you know he doesn't have to be him. I, I totally get that, but. He needs to be like, yeah, quarterbacks who can do this, like Brady and Cousins. I need that. I can't pay him what I'm paying him, and I can't give him an extension based on, I oh, really sucked on Sunday, didn't yeah. he? I can't have it. The other thing, too, here is, so for, for a long time, it's been, listen, if you keep it clean and you block for Kirk Cousins, then he can play on that level sometimes, right? And even that's kind of gone away this year. According to Pro Football Focus, this is your last nugget for the football Get nerd those side. nerds! Among quarterbacks who played at least 20% of their team's snaps, Kirk Cousins ranks 26th in clean pocket passer rating this year. Whoa. Behind Kyle Allen, Mitch Trubisky, Ugh. Gardner Minshew, Ryan Fitzpatrick, Jeff Driscoll, Jimmy Garoppolo, Baker Mayfield, Nick Mullins, wow. this hurts. and everybody else. Yeah, this is... Okay. That's clean, really? po- clean pocket passer rating. I mean, I guess I'm not shocked, but I am. Yeah, clean pocket. He I shouldn't threw, be. He threw two picks. I mean, he threw two clean pocket picks in that game. He has. Yeah, you're right. The first one was awful. This is amazing. He has seven clean pocket interceptions this year. Seven. All right. 
All right. I'm you, gonna, you want to know who's second? Oh my it's God. not that hard to guess. It's my guy. Oh, Philip Rivers. Phillip. Yeah, but he can't get the ball where he wants it to go half the time. <laughs> That's, That's understandable. But did you see did you see his Monday press conference or post game? Philip Rivers? Yes. Yeah. The Zoom call. Super fired up. That he but but he told the media, I don't know you people, but after I stunk last week against the Bengals, I wanted to know what you all thought. So I read everything you guys wrote. And he said, You guys are all really pretty honest. Can you imagine Kirk Cousins? And I know this. This is a, Give me that a reach, baby. No, but I mean, and Philip Rivers Give me is that self awareness. But he's basically said, "I don't know you. I want to find out. You people are honest about how I play. I have a particular set of skills." And he then skills. came back and said, "I will not be. I will not read what you said about my good game because I don't need that. But I will find you, and I will kill you. And I will kill you. I have a particular quarterback. I have a particular sidearm motion. He will kill your team. That is not great or optimal." For offensive players and teammates. Skills I have learned. Deflecting questions to say, I will watch the film. <laughs> My quarterback will kill your team. He will undo your team, and I will sign him to a contract extension right after that. So yeah. uh, that's a wrap on this episode of Purple Daily. And tomorrow we will do Jeff our... Jeff Driscoll. Name drop Jeff Driscoll. It's pretty bad. So tomorrow we will do our State of Kirk Cousins address as we do every single week. And it will include some really interesting audio from Mike Zimmer... Right before the offseason, it was like the combine right before they signed Cousins a few years ago. And so we'll we'll replay that for you. Also on our other podcast, Mackie and Judd, every single Wednesday is Write That Down Prediction Wednesday, where we make we're the only sports platform in America that actually keeps track of our predictions and holds each other accountable. We welcome listeners and guests into the show to make predictions too. So check out Mackie and Judd either on Apple, Spotify, or scorenorth.com or on our other YouTube channel. YouTube.com slash ScoreNorthMN, and we will see you guys tomorrow.